This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hello, I'm sick, so excuse my voice, and Christina's, for some reason, losing her mind on the other end of Zoom. I'm having a mental breakdown. What happened? What's going on? Oh, we were about to record, and all of a sudden, Christine just starts going, and then she goes, quick, quick, we need to record. So, so I have no idea what's about to happen. I, I did something. What? Did, what? I'm not surprised. I did something. I did something for the for our next live show, and it it just came in, and it, it's so good. Shut Sorry. up! Is it the thing that I think it is? I don't know if you know what it is. Did we discuss it yesterday in detail? No. Oh shit! What did we or, discuss in detail? JW. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh shit! I didn't even check on that. Oh, that would be even better. Fuck. That was a great guest. I mean, it's pretty on par with that. Like, it's equally important. Okay. But it, it is it is a surprise. Um, uh, so, speaking of JW, no response on that front. So that shit. might be that might be a no go. But um, thank you for reminding me. We're we're on we're on this like unhinged train that like where Em and I had a call yesterday and then we just hopped on Zoom and like didn't even tell Eva to join us just like we're like oh we'll just chat for a minute and then like two and a half hours later (laughs) we've like unraveled and also raveled this insane uh plan it if you're seeing our live show it's it's gonna be something it's we have a few ideas cooking and all of them are equally deranged and so unhinged oh my god none of them make sense but it's uh, so bananas all the way to the top Anyway, I'm excited to find out whatever you're talking about. I'm so sorry that I just burst out laughing, but I was like, I just wanted to like peek in, see if what I had ordered was like up to snuff and oh my. Ordered? Okay. Well, am I going to find out on stage with everybody? That's how it's No, no, no. I want to wait till like we rehearse and you get to see the full effect. It's just a part of the introduction. Let's put it that way. Um, Ugh, okay i can't i don't even know what that means but i'm very eager definitely eager yeah i hope so i'm sorry that i'm like uh in such a state while you're not feeling well i am not feeling good at all um i'm so sorry (laughs) do i sound good though that's the real question you sound like uh really raspy and i mean i got that same effect just by screaming at a football game but you got all the way to ruin your immune system to get there 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not as uh, easy to bend as you, I guess. No, with that. I guess not. Well, yeah, I, you sound great for what it's worth. Oh, well, thank you. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's just going to be so it's such a disgusting episode. I, um, <laughs> I, poor Christine, I had to text her and be like, we have to record later because I need to shower because I feel, you know, when you wake up the day after like having the <sighs> grossest day of your cold and you just feel like you're covered in a film. Oh, it's so horrible. And you, you can, it doesn't have a smell to anybody else. I feel like I can smell, like it's a very specific smell i think maybe if i like were in that state i would know what you meant i think right now i don't remember oh really i I try to just not think about it when i'm not when i'm healthy i pretend like i'm never gonna get sick again maybe it's the smell of like the inside of my own nasal cavity or something (laughs) (laughs) but it just smells like like death (laughs) it smells bad yeah i got you it's like that kind of stale horrible yeah do you do you are you having some tea or honey or something to to soothe the soul and the throat? Um, I took my vitamins, which Good. are not helping, by the way. Uh, I take vitamin C every day now, and look what fucking happened to me. Look what um, happened. You got to get on that zinc train, baby. I am. Hey, I'm on zinc right now. Well, it's not working either, huh? <laughs> None of it is. <laughs> um, Allison made me tea, which is very lovely. She's been making me tea every day. And uh-huh. Oh, yesterday I gave myself permission to order as much soup as I wanted from Panera. I was going to say, when you get the sick food, like in the evening when you're like, I just get to get like any dumplings or soup or uh, the best feeling. I, so my mom, I love her very much, but she is not a doting person. (laughs) And she's like, not (laughs) much of mine. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) Which by the way, her and I got in the fight about recently where I said she wasn't doting and she was like, what? And I mean, it is confusing to me because you do describe her a lot as like being like really present, like ever present. And like, I think everyone's maybe everyone's definition of doting is different. But I think in terms of like uh, taking care of somebody, like I think she's always there to like the way I had to describe it to her in a way that she understood was I don't come to you to cry, but I come to you to bitch. And she was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So. Oh, so I, you're saying you you kind of wish there was some comforting happening. No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm used to it. That it oh, not being there, <laughs> and I especially see. when it comes to like uh, the like being sick. Like mm-hmm. my upbringing, my mom would throw me out like a cup of like pudding, like like a put like a Jello snack pack. She yeah. would literally throw it at me from across the room and be like, "Get better." <laughs> that was like her... why she. Did. It reminds me of Moira Rose, where she's like, "I don't want to catch your illness." Yeah, she's just like, "I really don't have like you got to hurry it up and get back on my speed because I'm not here to like slow down for anyone." Yeah, I had a similar background. It was sort of like, well, my mom always thought I was faking, and to be fair, I faked it a lot because I really just hated going to school. So I did fake quite a bit. But then when I was really sick, it was like boy who cried wolf and she was like i'm over it every time i stayed home from school i had to like vacuum the house and like i'd be i'd be like i'm watching jerry springer hello (laughs) i'm homesick from school this is what i do and she's like here's the fucking vacuum clean the stairs that was my my punishment for being sick (laughs) see my mom my mom was always like really chill when i came to like especially when i got to senior year and i'd already gotten into college i Mm. would just it, I was just like, I don't want to go to school today. Man. And she'd be like, she'd be like, all right. Well, That's she was so fun. I wish she I had was that. like, as long as you don't have any like quizzes or tests or like anything due, and you're trying to get out of that. And you're like, no, hell no. I'm yeah, I was just, I just lied. I was like, yeah, oh, no. exactly. <laughs> Whatever. But Whatever. Uh, you survived. But, no. <laughs> but she was always like a super chill mom, and like she definitely like 
obviously it would take care of me if like there was a real super duper urgency but in terms of like illness yeah she was not a nurse and yeah, she some o- people don't handle that w- yeah well she openly has not ever really been a nurse and so um i like i called her yesterday and i sounded worse than i do currently or i didn't call her she called me and she was like what are you doing and i was like i have a really bad cold i don't feel good and she went okay well here's what's going on with me and then talked for like <laughs> yeah. an hour and i was like yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't think you get that i want to be unconscious right my now. poor baby that's not even i'll say, it. I'll say even. it to you i'll say she, it to you to make you feel better thank you yeah you she won't. just went oh okay anyway <laughs> um but no so it's it's very lovely to have allison making me tea and, and treating me nice but i am treating myself to a lot of soup and a lot of bread dipping the into thing. the soup that's what you got to tell like uh you got to say tell yourself like hey listen i'm an adult now i can comfort myself and ironically the only thing that makes me feel better jello snack packs ah! okay now we're getting somewhere something freudian. freudian is on the house yep okay got it anyway that's my most recent that's my weekly medical update everyone i'm sick <laughs> surprise i just said freudian is on the house which means nothing so in case anyone like heard that and went what did she just say i don't know and i i, I, I heard it and i went you're right anyway uh, no i recognized that i said it and i went that sounded cool and then two seconds later i was like what the hell am i saying um well so beyond anyway. why i obviously drink and i drink tea today what why do you drink and what do you drink this week, Kristen? I'm still on that liquid death roll, you know. I go through Woo! phases with beverages. Um, but I will say no more because they have not offered to sponsor us yet. And I'm still waiting on that. Uh, but I drink because, well, we just found out I'm going to Germany this summer for the first time in years. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. This is the first post uh pandemic quarantine trip to europe so blaze's family's coming and so our blaze's parents at least and um it's gonna be leona's first time abroad and oh uh, she has blaze. to get a little passport i know oh fuck you're right oh jeez okay let me write that down <laughs> eva write that down <laughs> surprise uh, actually i'm just gonna text blaze we need to get leona a passport we need to get Leona a passport. And I, I, I told you this already, but I checked my passport because we're going to Canada soon mm-hmm. and it is valid. So I feel like you should be very proud of me. Um, I really have no room to like speak, though, because with last time we went to Canada, I almost couldn't get in. I know. So. But, but like you understand that feeling of like, uh oh, because when you sure called do. me about your passport being expired, you were like, don't be mad at me. And I was like, I'm not going to be mad at you unless you'd like really did something heinous. I don't know. Um, but you said, like, don't be mad at me. And then you said, like, my password's expired. And I was like mine's probably two <laughs> like i don't know so i feel like and we had like we had like maybe three weeks to get to before canada yeah. so it yeah. was a very so then bad... yesterday i looked at my calendar and went oh we're going to canada in like a month i should really check my passport and i was like wow can you imagine if i'm like em don't be mad at me but even after you already had to deal with this i just forgot um but it is <laughs> it is not expired so we're good to go um now i just gotta get leona one man well the uh yeah, there's there was nothing scary. And truly by the grace of God or something, I like got a passport in time without it was like it got great. there in like a week. I was like, how did that happen? That's never happened. Yeah, they were like, There's no way this is gonna happen. And then you had well, I, I like to tell this part of the story. M called us and was like, Okay, so I have to wait till like the week before 
our trip and then call the passport office and then they will tell me which city in the United States to fly to to get my passport. And we were all like waiting on pins and needles. And then all of a sudden, Em was like, okay, so it's either between like Hawaii or El Paso. And we were like, what? Like, again, we were leaving in like a few days for Canada. And Em was like, well, uh, I'm calling it El Passport is what you called El Paso. And I was like, I know we're panicking, but like, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> like, I really, cool. really respect that. Yeah, um, it was it was the scary time where they were like, we can't, we won't know if there's an opening until 24 hours before. So like, oh, we'll it just... was 20, oh, 24 hours before like the opening would happen. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Oh it was God. it was something terrifying where I already had no time and they were like, well, wait a week you just and have then to call wait. us and then we'll tell you which cities in the next 24 hours are open. And so exactly. I planned on call. Uh, I planned on literally just flying to El Paso to getting <laughs> my passport. getting my 24 hour getting my passport in 24 hours or less and then flying back. Like and then right getting on a plane to Toronto or wherever we were Ooh. going. It, it was or was it Vancouver? I don't know. It was insane. Um, it was I'm, Toronto. It was the trip that got. The, all this started <laughs> maybe the universe really wanted you to not go and get covid but you know too bad i know oh well oh well. anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um oh big fucking reason why we drink this week this is our sixth year anniversary oh episode. my god that comes out oh well that's pretty typical that we just forgot <laughs> it, it comes out technically you wouldn't it wouldn't be on your mind because we're not anywhere near our six year currently as we for record once early ever we're recording very early because we have people on our hashtag team that are helping us schedule and keep our shit together I, I bet you somewhere um katie who helps us with admin is like writing down check christine's passport before every international yeah. <laughs> trip like i bet somewhere she's like no come on like <laughs> these people need so much help i uh but it's it's six years and it's it's um a big big deal i shed a little tear i shed six little tears uh Aww. while i was in the shower and i was like wow this is a big time and it's a big deal and i wish i could be there to throw a pudding cup at you and say get it together Thank you. That's what I call a six pack is my is a snack six pack for me. <laughs> um, I'll probably be having a different kind of six pack later to celebrate. Uh, and I can't wait. Um, I'm very proud of us. And we said that this theme would be 666, um, mm -hmm. which I think we were going to do something. I don't know. Weren't we going to record something different for the for our birthday? Well, I, I don't know. This is too not late. The, the time to figure it out. I don't think it's definitely too late. Well, but we happy did six 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 six. Happy six six six. I wish we were together so I could give you a little cake with six 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 on it. My little favorite devil decoration. Your little demon you have. butt. I love yeah. him. Well, uh, in honor of episode six six six, which it's not episode six six six, it's just our sixth year. When we get I to episode six six six, oh, we're gonna go all out for six six six. Eva, call Satan. We got to get him there. He's... <laughs> call Lucifer. I call him Lucy, but call Lucy and tell him. <laughs> We're coming. Call everyone downstairs in the fiery place and let them know they're invited to the big bash. They'll know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> also, isn't that wild that we're like only halfway there or like not even halfway there? Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. We got a long ways to go. <laughs> okay, everyone, let us stay together for Please. six more years and 666 will be just the best episode there ever was. I can't wait. Um. Okay, so for episode 666 or that's what i'm calling it um i have decided that i'm going to do a six theme for you with my story you're today. so prepared i'm not i know what so happened? here 
Well, I asked back in like, uh, I think a long time ago, I, I was like, we're definitely doing a sixth, epi- a sixth theme episode. So it's been on, on the forefront for a while. I see. Okay. You were prepared ahead of time. So uh, this, for our sixth anniversary, you have six little topics today. How and fun. they are six of your favorite topic, haunted <gasps> dolls. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. By the way, sorry. I have to tell you something really quickly. What? Um, Blaze told me yesterday, because so Em and Eva are coming in a few weeks to practice, uh, to rehearse the show. They're coming to visit. And uh, we're going to practice a live show before we go on tour. And Blaze was like, well, the only thing I have is I have a plan for us all on one of the days. And I was like, what? Okay, but we're rehearsing. He's like, I know, but like, we have to make sure that we can make this plan work. Well, you said this? Yes. And I was like at dinner last night and I was like, okay. And he's like, we're going to a museum. I'm like, what? I'm like, we're not going to a museum. He's like, no, we're going to a museum. I said, well, how late is it open? He's like, let me check. And then he goes, damn it. And I said, what? He goes, oh, it's closed until May for construction or something. And I said, okay, now can you tell me what it is? He said, fine. It's the Vent Haven Museum. And I was like, the what? Like, I don't even know what that is. He passes me his phone and it's like this basically like ventriloquist dummy museum. And the he vent, goes, vent Museum. Vent, got it. Yeah. And he goes, well, this is where I was going to take you, Em, and Eva, and Leona, uh, one of the days they're in town. And I was like, well, it's too bad they're closed. Uh, but they I do, do need Instagram. you. <laughs> I do need you to marry him again, though, because that is just about the most romantic thing a man's ever done for me. It was getting so mad because he wouldn't tell me what it was. I was like, I'm not going to a museum. I'm not like postponing rehearsal to go to a museum unless you tell me what it is. Anyway, that's what it was. It's not going to happen this time, but I'm sure if you come after May, we'll go. Yeah, it, it, I would like that to be priority number one. Blaze. Excellentante. You did a great job. <laughs> Excellent. Great job. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. 
ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, this is, I guess, our, our pregame into the Vent Museum. Great. With six haunted dolls. Now, these are six dolls that I have had on my list for a while, but none of them really had long enough stories ah, to be their own episode. Love that. And so I kept thinking, like, maybe one day if I do, like, a compilation episode, but when yes. would that happen? And then for our sixth anniversary, I was like, oh, well, here are six How little... convenient. Very convenient. So... <laughs> Do you happen? Tell me if you know any of these names. I, but I doubt it. But I'll tr- I'll try. Okay. Well, first I want to say if you search haunted doll on eBay, have you done that before? Okay. Sorry. The podcast I listen to, my brother, my brother, and me, they have something called Haunted Doll Watch, where he finds haunted dolls on eBay and like reads the the description. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like one of my favorite things in the world. They're so bananagrams. Well, uh, they will never run out of material because it looks like there are over 5,000 currently. Jesus Christ. And many of them say things, I'm sure, as you know, like haunted doll, very active, very dangerous. Some of them like fit into different categories. So some of them are like bonded by another doll. Some oh of them have positive energy. Some of them have negative energy. Some of them are like sexual and it's like, okay. What? Yeah. Some of them get really weird. Like, oh, she will try to seduce you. And it's like, this is not cool, man. Ugh. Yeah. I, I would hope people around me would notice if it was working. <laughs> like, be like, man, that doll's real something's cute. R- something's real <laughs> wrong with you. So, uh, and a lot of haunted dolls, like I said, are in pairs and they're considered bonded, like <sighs> like adoptee animals, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Like there's like a tiger cub and, and a dog or a yeah, goat. Yeah. They're like bonded for some reason. Exactly. So mm. apparently the uh, haunted doll sector is booming cool pardon for nose blow cool okay cool. did you like that no okay <laughs> here's the first doll and maybe you know this name i feel like this is one of the more famous dolls i haven't mentioned but um their name's letta l-e-t-t-a no, no i don't know letta okay so letta is from well the story starts in the 1970s where a guy named Carrie Walton and his brother were visiting Wagga Wagga, New South Wales in Australia. Okay. And they were exploring an abandoned house. And while there, they found something under the floorboards and they <gasps> didn't know what it was, but it, they said it looked like a small human. And so they thought Ugh. they found a fucking body of a baby. Yeah. Oh no. They were so scared that they lifted the floorboards up to grab the body and what they found was a wooden child-sized doll. Yuck. And in this wooden doll, it was carved with thick eyebrows, a long hooked nose, oh. and, a, and a menacing smile. Oh, no. So Carrie felt like he couldn't leave the doll behind. Oh, um, no. And, I mean, that's problem number one. Yep. So they took it with them. And brought it home. And as they were heading home, which, by the way, had to have been like a 14-hour drive-ish, maybe longer. Uh, on the drive, the brothers said that it looked like he was, or this doll was trying to escape from their backpack. 
What? Oh, just, no. just the way that it had like fallen in the back seat. Oh. And so they jokingly named the doll Letta for Letta Me Out. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. But as soon as they got Letta home, their family knew something was off about the doll. Maybe it's because they were sexually attracted to it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it was because she had a hook nose and a creepy smile. I don't know. And they found her in the floorboards. There's a lot of things I feel like are red flags here, but okay. Immediately. As soon as you say, I feel like I need to bring this home, that's problem number one. Immediate problem. So the family experienced, they had like these strange presences that they were feeling in the house and things began to move on their own when people weren't looking, especially mm. at night. And in the mornings, the family would see their items uh, had moved and they would find black scuff marks on the floor as Ew. if someone was walking around. Ew, she's scuffing her little creepy feet. She... <laughs> <laughs> and, and the kids were starting to have nightmares and even claimed that Aww. they had seen Letta walking around by itself. At Forget which, it. Exactly. I was going to say that. <laughs> when people were around the doll, they would feel nauseous and faint and dogs would become aggressive and violent. Mm, I don't like it. And when Carrie drove around with him in the car, which why are you driving? Stop doing that. <laughs> Apparently, whenever Carrie would drive around with the doll, it would begin to rain. I guess this happened enough times that it was not just a coincidence. And Carrie called in mediums to see, like, what was going on with this doll. And the medium said that Letta was bound to the spirit of a boy who drowned a long time ago. Oh, God, that's so dark. Which, by the way, what Carrie says in their mind, it made people, or it made the rain make sense because if it always rained, when oh. the doll was out, it symbolized the drowning of the boy. Okay. They also sure. said Letta could be as old as 200 years old and maybe was made in the boy who died's likeness, oh, including dear. the fact that this doll had human hair. <gasps> that's dark. Oh, which, that's sad. Which at the time, a lot of dolls had human hair, but right. it's it's creepy to me. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. I don't love that for, for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I Someone gave me a doll and they said, it has human hair. I go, <laughs> mm, I, thank you. I feel you. like somebody has given us a doll and said it has human hair. Like Someone has also know, just sent us like envelopes of human hair. So and like teeth. It, so it's teeth. like nothing would surprise me anymore. <laughs> so one of the mediums uh, actually mentioned that Carrie had a weird attachment to the doll. And Carrie said, yeah, actually, well, first of all, you're driving around with the doll. We yeah, knew. I kind of figured that out pretty quickly. But Carrie also couldn't let go of the doll whenever they would try to sell the doll. And uh, Carrie felt an unnatural urge to keep the doll with him. Mm, that's sad because that means maybe the little boy was like attached to him. Mm -hmm. So the medium said that Carrie and the doll would be together for life. Oh, dear. And that being said, Letta has actually never caused any harm. Just been really fucking creepy. Okay. Um, some even actually feel calmed by the doll. Okay. And allegedly holding Letta will bring good luck. I don't know about that, but sure. <laughs> I'll just believe you. I'm not going to test yeah, it out. <laughs> exactly. And Carrie actually has charged people in the past only like five bucks if they want to take a picture with the doll. <laughs> five bucks? Which like, I five bucks seems like, 
Like five bucks seems like you might as well not pay. Um, it sounds like a backyard carnival where you're like, I yeah. don't want to report this to the IRS, but I do want you to pay for it. So. It's like the the Minnesota Iceman of like, I'll, I'll charge you a nickel, yeah. Sonny. Yeah, yeah, a nickel for this frozen toe or whatever. So, <laughs> so anyway, this uh, the doll might just be the ghost of a lost boy, um, but we we won't know. And also, I'm now going to send you. Okay, I've been waiting for the picture. If that's okay. what it is. It is the picture. Okay, okay so see. are you sending it to Geo's Trio so that we can post it on Instagram? <laughs> yes. Also, Great. sorry for the. It, it's a screenshot. So. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Oh, talk about like she's a cute, mischievous she's cute. smile. The eyes are really foreboding. Those eyebrows. It's like ha ha ha. Yeah, I feel like it. It knows how I'm gonna die. It sure does, and it's gonna be it's gonna be at her hands that you're probably gonna die. Um, also, I feel like she looks like she fits right in at the ventriloquist museum here. In oh Kentucky. yeah, oh yeah. She should make it up. She he. I don't know what what oh, letters they, pronouns they, are. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they could definitely be a like have a residency at the vet museum or something. Ooh, a residency. Doll Vegas. I'm gonna charge five dollars for you to go in. <laughs> All right, so that was doll number one. Okay. Doll number two is Okiku. Mm. So in 1918, in Sapporo, Japan, there was a 17-year-old named Eikuchi Eiko- e- mm-hmm. Suzuki who bought a doll for his two-year-old sister, Okiku. Aww. The doll was 15 inches uh, and had black hair and a bob and wore a kimono. Okay. Okiku loved this doll and named it after herself, Pop Off Girl. Good for That's you. It's cute. Reminds me of Robert, though. Because mm. Robert named the doll after himself and then changed his own name. So, wait, now there's two dolls that are haunted after that? After being named after their owner? That's weird. That's probably more than that. Well, so they the little girl named the doll after herself and she was never seen without it. They would eat together, play together, sleep together, you name it. And only a year later, in 1919, Okiku tragically died at three <gasps> years old. No! Maybe yellow fever or some other type of illness. No. We don't really know. But the family put her doll on the oh. altar at their home. And one That's day, sad. one day, Okiku's hair started growing. <gasps> ooh, ooh! Eventually, the bob that she was known for went all the way down to her waist. Oh, my God. And it felt different than her original hair. And the family would have dreams about Okiku and then wake up with the doll lying in bed next to them. <gasps> oh, God, that's so creepy. They would hear loud banging, footsteps, and voices in the house at night. And soon these hauntings were so frequent and intense, especially near Okiku's birthday and death anniversary, that the family was convinced that their daughter's spirit was in the doll. <sighs> And as a way to be close to their kid, they accepted this doll as pretty much as their daughter, especially because sure. no harm was coming from it. But right. the, the hair growing Oof. is real wild. Real wild. In 1938, about 20 years after Okiku's death, the family had to move, but they were afraid to move the doll too far from Okiku's grave. Oh, that's sad. So they brought the doll to a local temple and they asked them to take care of Okiku. And this doll now has her own private shrine there. So Good. she's living her best life. Hell yeah. And here's the weird thing, though. Her caretakers say that Okiku's hair still grows. Oh, my gosh. 
sometimes 10 whole inches. And they <gasps> they say they literally have to give the stall haircuts. They cut it? Oh, my God. And apparently when she gets a haircut, they think it makes her spirit happy, like she's getting attention or something. Oh, that's so sad. Even weirder, scientific analysis actually confirms that it is the hair of a human child. No. Uh, which I don't know if the doll originally had human hair. If it does right. all of a sudden, that's real fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If that, that's, the, that's the kicker. The growing, the, the fact that it has active follicles is also pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, approved by science. Ugh. I don't love it. Uh, the more visitors that she gets, the stronger her spirit gets. And she's now been able to visit people in their dreams after they visit her or oh, they're caretakers of her. Oh, dear. Here's the real wild part. Okay. Visitors have also began to say recently that her mouth is a little more open every time they see her. Huh? And some have even seen the beginnings of teeth sprouting. Um, I hate that. So and I hate doll, that so much. The doll's becoming more human as time goes on. That's like, I just, it's honestly also kind of sad because it makes me think like, is the girl still like stuck in there? Like, should we let her out? I don't know. Ugh. I don't know what's going on. All I know is it's giving Kremit because, like, this little <laughs> baby doll. Kremit for sure. <laughs> this doll having wants. teeth? Firm pass. Truly firm, firm pass. Firm Especially if it's like, oh, uh, science Science says it's real human child teeth. And then I'm like, okay, someone needs to explain this to me. Stat. <laughs> Something's like, very wrong. Like, this, how is this not the proof? Like, wasn't there someone forever ago who, like, set up a contest of, like, if you can prove yes. something supernatural to me, mm-hmm. I will give you $10 million. Mm-hmm. This Okiku deserves ten fucking billion dollars. <laughs> Give her the ten million. Like, what is the like? She has teeth all of a sudden, and we don't have like and NBC News convinced. on the scene. Like, <laughs> pe- like how are we not reporting on this doll more often? I like how your first reaction is get NBC News on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to be there. It can't Someone be me. Someone needs to be there. It could be you. Why Call not the you? press? Okay, well, here's the press. Here's remember, here. Remember what Gandhi said: If you want to be be the change you wish to see in the world, why don't you go report on it? And Reporting live currently from, and that's why we drink <laughs> the the newsroom. Uh, I don't know hole. any the troll <laughs> hole. Uh, I don't know. Breaking news: This doll has fucking teeth, and no one's talking about it enough. And it's it's definitely haunted. Like, sorry, we we've, we've called it. We've called it. It's not like a silly prank anymore. Like, no, <laughs> it's gone too far. Oh, my God. Okay, well, if the teeth start going missing, then we know the tooth fairy is also real, and that's going to be so crazy. It's going to turn this whole thing on its head. Oh, my God. (laughs) Just cryptids (laughs) abound. Okay, um, elevator music while I go grab toilet paper to blow my nose into. Cool, cute. Elevator music. Please stand by. We have to step away and go get wine. Answer the door. We just... Okay. Good elevator music, people. Good, Good job. Okay. Doll three. This Wait, is... do I get a picture of Okiku or no? Oh shit! Yes, sorry. Okay, I mean I don't know if I want one, but I feel like just might as well. I think you deserve one. I think I don't want to see it for the first time on Instagram when I go, "What the hell is that?" You know, I'd rather just see it now and know ahead of time. I mean, I hope. Oh, I don't know what I hope. I just part of me hopes it's really not real because that's just a sad story. Um, that's Okiku in her little shrine, and that's her hair that 
should not Whoa. be that long. Well, it is long. Like whether it was before or not, it is quite long now. Um, it yeah, she's thriving. It looks wow. like salon ready. She's cover girl. Yeah, I mean it's you know? beautiful hair. This is so sad. I hope okay. All right, what's next? Oh, okay. So we've got Lily. Okay. Lily, I think you've heard of before, and I just don't think you are aware of it. No, I don't. Okay. Lily is from 19th century Germany. Mm-hmm. You okay? Wait, yeah, I'm thinking. Sorry. Is That's this all the... it took? Germany? <laughs> this isn't like the... Uh, I don't know why I started thinking about the freaking box. The Dybbuk box, but that's not the same thing. It's no. not related. Okay. No, no, no. Um, 19th century Germany, and she wears a long white nightgown, and she also has human hair. This is three so far in a row. Three for three. God, I, that seems to be, like, the thing that differentiates them. Like, maybe that, maybe stopping that practice will just eliminate the haunted doll market, you know? Definitely the, that seems to be the magic ingredient. And, I mean, is it really unsurprising if you're putting... No probably a dead person's hair on a yeah, doll it makes a lot of sense to me i don't know i mean if you're putting cuban hair that like at least the body of the person whose hair you barred that body is is maybe probably dead at this point whether yeah. or not you put the hair on the doll because the person was dead or now the person has died has that, died since like now it's attached to this doll. like of course that well, practice course. brought more spirits and especially if it's a child then it's like well of course it would attach to a toy that it loved mm-hmm. you know it's like oh named okay. after it yeah yeah so maybe that is it is for the best that we stopped putting hair on dolls i agree i'm so, glad we've not done that practice i hope for a while let's not do that Let's stop. You and me, at least. Let's it's not gone do enough. It's gone far enough, folks. I think so. So her origins and original home are unknown, but eventually she ended up in an antique shop in Salem, Oregon. The dealer, the antiques dealer, said uh, that they were starting to have nightmares about a young girl in a terrible accident. Mm. And apparently the, the accounts of this were, quote, too disturbing to tell. <gasps> so we put the doll in the antique shop just to get it out of his house. And that's where a couple and their young girl found this doll and they don't take it home, but the little girl was there talking to Lily as if she were a regular child. And she was acting like she could actually hear the doll responding to her. And she had this back and forth with the doll for three hours. At the antique store? I can't imagine being a parent with a child and just like having three hours to kill in an antique store. I was going to say, like, just say we're getting ice cream. But yeah, I'd be Take like, her tell, out of there. <laughs> tell her bye. Tell um, her bye. So they had this three hour conversation and she told her oh, parents that, oh, oh, Lily, who I was talking to once, quote, suffered great violence. Oh, no. That's terrible. That's terrible. The family left, but Lily continued to make the lights flicker in the antique shop and move objects on her own. Mm. The dealer kept her on display with a sign saying, haunted doll, for your own safety, do not touch. Mm. Which, I feel like if you're trying to sell her, like, for your own safety, don't touch, really isn't going to get her out of your shop anymore. Are you sure? Because I feel like people sell these things left, right, and center. Remember that. So Lily (laughs) waited. Someone's going to buy that. Lily waited patiently for a home and waiting for someone to walk by and see don't touch to desperately need to go yeah, grab her. Me and you. And Zach Bagans. Zach Bagans. No. Who felt even... 
compelled to take her back to his museum. Yeah, no shit. It says, don't take me back to your museum. And he went, well, I know what I have to do. <laughs> and went, well, that clear my schedule. That, that answers that. Give me three hours. We got to chit chat. So when he bought her, the clerk that had to handle Lily to get her out of the case apparently got really wild stomach pains to a point where she couldn't move. And according to Zach himself, she got flushed and started panicking, and she kept saying over and over, I must wash my hands. Oh, dear. Lily now lives at the Haunted Museum, mm-hmm. a.k.a. you and I have seen her. Oh, uh, okay. She was in the doll room with Miss P, PTD. Oh, um, but obviously got overshadowed by PTD, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine why. And one time, Zach apparently even caught a picture of a childlike shadow figure standing behind Lily. Oh, dear. And he says about Lily that her eyes are dark. Her eyes are dark and cold, but I find her presence comforting. But that's just me. Yeah, that is just you, bud. (laughs) That's definitely just you. So that's Lily. Wow. Do I get a pic of Lily, even though apparently we've met before? Yeah, I think you'll actually, you might recognize her. Really? Because she's also in. um, In the show? She was in the quarantine, quarantine special we watched. Ah, that show, that quarantine special scared the shit out of me. That scared truly the poop right out of me. I like I that you we were terrified. He he's a businessman beyond oh, he everything. Knows he's sure. the only person who can get away with saying he's an entrepreneur and not be bullshitting us. You know. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. Wow. I, oh wow. Oh oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I just had the compulsion to do a sign of the cross, and I'm not even oh catholic anymore that's silly okay well you do whatever you need to do Oof. gives me the Ooh, a lily gives me the creeps i don't want to insult her you know but yeah she might hear you yeah it makes me a little on edge honestly since, you, since you've been near her maybe there's a uh oh god she we're already attachment <laughs> okay uh doll number four is mandy who I could have sworn was on uh That's familiar. I could I didn't see if she was actually maybe because I, I swear she was also in the quarantine episode, but maybe she was like oh. a rental and like he leased her for a little bit. I don't <laughs> But is there like an Uber for haunted dolls? <laughs> just like I just need to borrow her for a few days. I I don't know. For all I know, she is somehow involved with Zach Bagans, but I don't that's not coming up in these notes at least weird okay so mandy's a baby doll from 1900 to 1920 she has a cracked face she wears a white nightgown a matching baby's bonnet shoes Mm. and she has a stuffed lamb with her oh oh yeah i remember that doll is it i think really i thought so i feel like i've definitely seen that doll before somewhere with the with the lamb that's what sounds familiar to me mandy doll Zach mm. Bagans. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just had the idea in my head, and I feel like Mandy was totally there. Maybe I really, I don't know. Anyway, maybe that's some sort of like Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. So in 1991, as you know that year pretty famously, um, <laughs> I do. That's when everything changed for the better yeah. well, in this world. Yeah, better. Well. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, not really. In 1991, the last owner anonymously donated her. That's how you fucking know it's a problem. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. 
uh, to the Quesnel and District Museum in Canada, mm. and uh, because the owner could not handle her hauntings anymore. So, mm. excuse me while I reflect on the time we got a whole crowbarred box full of hay and a haunted doll that oh my God. someone anonymously donated to us and said, and oh, said, that the house keeps catching on fire. Yeah, it set the barn <laughs> on fire and my daughter sees her in her dreams. Anyway, here you go. I'm not putting a return address on this box. Wow, <laughs> I was like, thanks. What do you, like, first of all, we're not Zach Bagans, nor are we exorcists. We don't know how to we don't and know what to do with this either. No, and we open, we used to open the fan mail in our, in my house. And I'm like, now what do I do? I was like, do I put her in the trash? And we were like, no, that's not good. Well, I put her in the closet. I don't want to, I don't want to set the house on fire. I don't know. That was just quite a conundrum. I, we, neither of us knew what to do. But also, if you're thinking of sending us something incredibly haunted or dark uh, and don't. maybe has attachments to it, we also don't want it, just we so are, we're clear. We are attached enough, trust us. We can I find our own hauntings. I still somehow, six years later, get a lot of people DMing me asking how to perform an exorcism. <gasps> and I don't know. I'm not to an be, exorcist. To I'm be fair, exorcist. in those early episodes, you kept calling yourself a priest. And I think that might have um, put people on the I wrong see path we're thinking you know oh a priest well you're definitely qualified uh, you know what that's my own fault apparently <laughs> as the kids say that's a you problem so <laughs> it's a me problem now. it's a me problem <laughs> so anyway it got anonymously donated and apparently the donor used to store mandy in the basement but one night uh the donor started waking up to the wailing sounds of a baby crying in the basement oh jesus or- that's creepy Eventually, they go down, and when they go looking for Mandy, the crying stopped once they were in the basement, but Mandy was gone, and the basement (gasps) window was somehow open, as if Homegirl had fucking busted out. Oh, my God. The next day, they went back downstairs, and she was back in her same spot in the basement. And after that, they would hear crying every night. Oh, and when they finally got rid of her, the crying stopped. She was probably just out drinking with her friends. She was just having a good time. Leave she's her alone. She's out. She's growing. breaking curfew. God. She's growing. She's a growing girl. She needs to have a, a beer and cigarette every now and then. She needs an experience. And if you're going to deprive her of that, then I don't know what to tell you. That's a you problem, you know? <laughs> certainly. So in her new home uh, that she has now been donated to, this museum, yeah, M- Mandy's hauntings started pretty immediately. And... Uh, lunches would go missing, which I can't imagine oh, a worse ghost. That's hilarious. <laughs> but that's also but that's also so easy to pin. Like you can be like, oh, I don't know. I think that haunted doll took your bologna sandwich. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's a pretty easy crime to cover up. Yeah, when it disappears and then reappears in someone else's mouth. That's yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> it's the doll. Uh, apparently Mandy would have lunches go missing, but then they would show up in random spots, like stuffed in people's like drawers and stuff. Oh. But, that, but again, I could steal someone's lunch and stuff it in my drawer, you know? Like, yeah, it depends on what the lunch was. I feel like we need more context. Cause if it was like somebody's like leftover, I don't know, turkey chili, then like maybe not. Ugh. But if it was like a lunchable, I mean, I get why somebody might've stuffed that in their drawer. Yeah, and then blame it on a ghost and be like, I don't know how that got in my drawer. Sorry, okay. it's just so the strangest thing. Your turkey chili never moves. <laughs> so the weird. family would, uh, the they would also hear footsteps at night. Uh, books and important documents would disappear and then reappear random places. Other dolls in the museum would get knocked over. 
uh, as if oh, she's like, bully. Yeah, she was like, this is my place, bitch. <laughs> bully doll. Uh, she also had to be moved eventually to her own private display uh, because I guess she wasn't cooperating with the other dolls. Oh. And uh, while in her private display, the visitor's cameras will randomly die and it's impossible to get a good picture of her. Mm. That's spooky. One person at the museum said, you try and videotape her and your camera light will go off and on. We And we've had people who have said in May 2000 that the lamb that always sits on Mandy's lap wound up underneath her display case. Ooh. And I it's in that. a case. Yeah, that's creep. That's not good. Like part of it is outside all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, like somehow escaped. Ooh. Psychics who have met Mandy have said that she's possessed by the spirit of a little girl who just wants attention and honestly, same. But That's like, so sad. But like, she's getting attention. She's literally beating up other dolls. So like, <laughs> I know, I know, she's acting out. <sighs> anyway, that's Mandy. I'll show you a picture of her. Okay, okay. I don't know why the lamb is what sounds so familiar to me. I swear we've seen Mandy before, and I swear it was in a Zach Bagan situation. That's what I thought. I sw- Zach Bagan situation, a classic ZBS. We've had a lot of Zach Bagan situations to we be have. clear. Some more personal than others. Uh, but I swear we've seen her on a show. Maybe I know he did that show like um Deadly Possessions or something. Oh yeah, but I don't think I watched that show. she's from somewhere, but I've definitely seen her. Maybe I saw her at the museum, but then she might not be at the museum, so I don't know what's going on. Oh yeah. I swear she- I've seen her. This is very sad because she just looks like a sweet little baby. Maybe in my nightmares is where I've seen Maybe her. she's just living in your subconscious somehow. <laughs> Ooh. All right. The last two. The next one's very quick. We've got Ruby. Ruby is a porcelain doll from the early 1900s in Ontario, also Canada, I see. <laughs> Interesting. They're either from Canada or have human hair. Interesting. Have you that? Uh, wow. Imagine combining them. You get Mandy. Mm, or that, Ruby. Now- now that I don't like. Ruby mm-hmm. is a porcelain doll from early 1900s. Uh, from And she's named after the little girl who loved her. So we got another doll mm. who's named after their owner. Mm-hmm. The girl, the girl Ruby, not the doll. The girl Ruby died tragically <sighs> with Ruby in her arms. No. And then was passed down in the same family for generations. But people mm. uh, have hid her in storage spaces because she makes them feel so uneasy. People experience dread and grief and nausea around her for no reason. And Ruby the doll would also move through the house at night and be found on different chairs, beds, and tables. Oh my gosh. I really can't process when something's just moving by itself. I can't. Yeah. I mean, there's like, because there's like, literally no explanation for it except that somebody's doing it and if they're not then nothing good can come of that yeah yeah uh her family uh donated her also to a museum this one which we need to go to by the way is called the traveling museum of the paranormal and occult it travels when's it coming to us she better come to us right now hurry up and many of these visitors who have gone to this museum have held ruby who also report and confirm the sadness that she makes people feel. Why would I then want to do that? I don't want to hold her then. No, thank you. Many think that the spirit of the girl Ruby still follows her doll, and we were just we're just encountering the doll, or we're just encountering the girl in doll form. And, fun fact, an attempt to exercise the doll has failed. Oh. They tried, Ooh. and it didn't work. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's good, because doesn't that usually just piss it off? 
That's what I would think. Yeah. I have, I have some really gnarly ghosts at my mom's house and my childhood home. And my mom has always said like, why don't we just like cleanse your space? And I'm like, cause if it doesn't work, we're all fucked. Then, <laughs> then things are going to go out of control. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, they're kind of like creepy, but they've never done anything. And I think we have an understanding. We're that like we, at an impasse. Yeah. Uh-huh. We don't <sighs> like each other, but we're not causing any problems for either of us. So yeah. But if I push just, it, yeah, let's just let I, things be as they I are. I think that's probably for the best. Um, this is Ruby. Okay. That's one of my potential future kid names. Really? I like Ruby. I love that name. That's definitely not a name on my list. Not that I don't like it, but I just haven't, it's just never ended up on my list. Yeah, it did recently. I feel like it, oh, hello, Ruby. Look at your little feets. Look at her little feets. Not her a toe in sight. Like, it looks like little baby feet. Not a toe in sight. The other one made me sadder, the Mandy one, because it really does look like a little baby laughing yeah ruby just looks like she's having a hard having a bad day (laughs) well wait till you meet the other lily oh dear there's another lily okay our final doll lily number two i guess this one i think she's gonna be your favorite christine oh god okay she's a very small doll and lily was given by again an anonymous donor Mm -hmm. to a paranormal investigative team like, cause she didn't want it. She was like, right. you, you have this as like your own little mascot now. Cause we don't, <laughs> we don't want it. They dropped her off with this investigative team okay. with, with instructions. Oh. <laughs> I don't even read instructions when I'm putting together furniture. What makes you think I'm going to read the instructions for this haunted doll? One of the investigators said, I found her outside my door one morning with a note that said to not put her by mirrors or in the same room I sleep in. Oh, no. And then, smart idea, I didn't think about this, but the investigator gave the doll a flashlight so she could drain the batteries, but instead she made my lights flicker at night. (gasps) That is smart, though. Like, here's something you can mess with. Yeah, don't bother me. Here's a gift. Here's a disposable gift. Yeah. Yeah. And then the investigator keeps saying, my cat would not go near her and my dog would just stare. At times I would be woken up from a dead sleep smelling burnt toast or sometimes a sweet fruity smell. Her oh, favorite no. her favorite color is red. That is all I know. That is all I know. It's like, yeah. well, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Like, oh, she's related to the smell of toast? Like breakfast? Hang on. She makes breakfast and loves the color red. So U.S. Ghost Adventures, which is, I think, separate from Ghost Adventures. I think it's U.S. Ghost <laughs> Adventures is its own thing. They claim that Lily is an effigy doll made to ward off evil spirits and malicious ghosts. Oh. So Lily, in theory, is a, is a good guy. Um, okay. This practice of effigy dolls dates back to the 1600s and came over with the Dutch. And Lily, fun fact, is named after Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Oh! Which, okay. by the way, episode 105, if you're interested in learning about Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah, that's the, this, uh, quite, a, quite a tale. Lily's new handlers, this investigative team, they have decided, which, what a, what a marketing plan. Uh, this is very like Zach Bagans being a business entrepreneur. <laughs> this investigative team, they decided that they were going to reproduce Lily Dolls. Following <gasps> her following her original pattern and likeness to sell to enthusiasts. And now through their host a ghost program, <laughs> anyone can purchase their own lily to protect Stop. their homes from spirits and monsters. Stop! Host a ghost. So there are some rules that come with your doll. Okay. 
They say each lily has her own personality and should be treated with respect. Fair. Okay. Understood. She should only come out in October when the spirits are most frequent. Otherwise, she will get bored and cause mischief in your home. Uh-oh. <laughs> Children should only interact with Lily under adult supervision, and you should take Lily out on the town with you to give her something to do. Okay. Here are uh, 10 ideas for using Lily in your own home. Okay. From the website themselves. And this is only in October, right? Uh, I guess only in October. Okay. 10 ways to use Lily at home. Uh-huh. One, make a carriage for Lily from a spare pumpkin. <laughs> okay, so now we're just in like DIY arts and crafts. <laughs> yeah. Got Number it. two, make Lily be the thing that they see through your letterbox. Oh, so like in your door when you uh-huh. have one of those. Oh, no. So no, you just no. see a little creepy doll's eyes. That's a eyes. bad idea. I mean, it's a fun idea. Number three, put Lily in places you... <laughs> put Lily in places where you wake up. Lily is a morning ghost. Okay. That's is what a what? Some, is a morning ghost. I, well, I, th- I thought it said don't put her where you sleep. I feel like these... Uh, but I put her where you wake up? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm just reading from the website. Number four, make Lily move around and appear in a different place for others to find each morning. Number okay, five. Okay, now that sounds like Elf on the Shelf, and I'm loving this. This is getting, like, for sure into Elf on the Shelf territory. Number five, add Lily to a door wreath. Oh, oh, oh. Number six, which I feel like should just be a continuation of number one, put yeah. Lily inside a pumpkin, illuminated. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Number seven, put Lily near a nightlight. Say goodbye to sleepiness when you spot her. <laughs> it's just so unhinged. <laughs> Number eight, it, it does feel like we work there and we it gave feels them one like recommendation. I'm a little scared of how like on the nose this is for something we would do. <laughs> it gets worse. Number eight, Lily <laughs> works just as well on a ceiling. Oh no, oh no. Oh. Number nine, opening a cupboard to see Lily is a fun surprise. No, it's not a fun surprise, I promise. Number I can 10. Guarantee. Number 10, a surprise appearance on a bookshelf is sure to catch some unawares. <laughs> yeah, I am not surprised by that. So these are ways to help you bond with Lily, <sighs> but really you should know that she is a powerful effigy doll and not to be intentionally messed with. Sure. But fun fact, Lily was also once for sale through the Lizzie Borden house. Oh. <gasps> Oh and fun fact, one product review, which I guess her name was Christine Schieffer, said <laughs> that Lily is October's newest elf on a shelf. Okay, see, I'm telling you. I mean, to put her in little pumpkins and put her on the ceiling and hide her in the cupboard. Yeah. It fits. Um, and because it is our sixth anniversary and I want to get you a gift, you have a little Lily coming to your home. No. I sure, you sure do. Make sure to put her on a pumpkin or something. I'm... <laughs> Are you serious? And here's what she looks like. Can you like. send a picture? Uh, um, I'm going to make this our new thing. This is going to be like, because I've always wanted to do Elf on the Shelf, but not really just for my baby, just like for fun to do like, not, I feel like this is the kind of Elf on the Shelf that I can finally get behind, you know, like, well, happy six year. She's, she's a coming. And this is the biggest honor of my life. You have no idea how shocked I am. Oh, dear. 
okay. Well, I didn't picture her looking like this. She looks like she came from the Beetlejuice universe. <laughs> she looks ready to play. What are you talking about? She uh, looks like she does great on a ceiling. Or that's what, I, that's what I meant. She looks like she could be in a pumpkin carriage. Um, wow. You should just put like a put a ring camera on her and leave her in the mailbox, like they said. <gasps> you know, to I see love what happens. I, I honestly, my poor mail carrier would be just like probably quit on the spot i love Um, her wow i'm honored and honestly like it looks like she would be great pals with the little devil butt from Mm. the cake decoration like they look like they would go hand in hand i honestly am very excited to see what positions you put her in because oh my god i can't wait She'll be somewhere. I don't know where. So if when this episode comes out, hopefully she's here by then and we can take I'll take a photo and yeah. we can post that on Instagram. That would be fun. That would be lovely. Oh uh, I really I wish you well uh, with your new little baby. <laughs> Thanks. She's she's on her way. She loves you so. And uh, it's going to be like that TikTok where the little girl's obsessed with a zombie doll and like <laughs> Leona's going to be like, "This is my baby." <laughs> uh, anyway, happy 6th year and those are six haunted dolls. I am so honored. I I didn't get you anything. Now I feel like a shitty friend. I'm so sorry. I, I was sick. And on the couch, and I went, you know what? I've got nothing going on. So here here goes me spending money, and that's well, how that happened. It's my favorite activity because it really gets me It gets me in the mood for presents, you know? I'm like, I, something's look, coming my way. Any opportunity to give you a present is my favorite kind of day. Thank you so much. I love giving you presents because you're also you're always so appreciative because they are so fucking weird. There's nobody it's else. It's so I could... true, though. It's like it's just always the most perfect. Like, how, like it just I don't know. Match made in heaven. Me and this doll. I, I hope so. I can't wait to see you snuggling her in bed instead of Blaze, you know? Maybe I'll name her Ruby, and that'll be my mm. <laughs> I'll use the name for that. <laughs> she is wearing a Ruby dress. Okay, see? She loves I'm the color like, red. Maybe cut a couple of Leona's hairs off and just throw oh, it cool. on her head. That's just see, good. Excellent see where, idea. where that takes us. Yeah. It, it took us approximately 15 minutes to immediately 180 on our <laughs> on our like platform to stop using real hair on dolls. We're now doing it ourselves. Cool. It's different because it's us. It's, it's different. different. It's so, not the same. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I hope you had a good, a good six, six, six day. Thank and you. I, hope... I did. I, I had the best time, really. Perfect. Now I'm going to really bum you out. So. Wee! All right. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. 
And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This is the story of Krista Pike, a.k.a. the youngest woman to ever be sentenced to death in the U.S. post-Furman era. And I will explain what post-Furman era is. Yeah, Okay. So she was put on death row in 1996, and uh, for for context, in the landmark 1972 case, Georgia versus Furman, the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty is unconstitutional, citing the Eighth Amendment, uh, the one that prohibits cruel and unusual punishment, and uh, this basically voided all prior death sentences, which at the time was about 630. Hmm. Some states dropped the death penalty altogether and executions were paused for four years while states scrambled to draft new sentencing requirements and guidelines so any future death sentences would hold up under Supreme Court scrutiny. Basically, the idea, the goal behind this was to make sure no one was being sentenced for arbitrary or biased reasons. Um, The idea was to consider all other possibilities before capital punishment and to only use capital punishment if the court feels it's absolutely necessary, which... Mm, what? what does that mean absolutely necessary yeah, at what point what, what is let that? me know what's, what what's that, your limit yeah it seems like a very vague gray space but you know i'm also very anti-capital punishment so i guess i'm not the one to know mm-hmm. and yet according to the 2020 u.s census despite self-identified black people in the u.s making up only 12.4 percent of the population and self-identified white people making up 61.6% of the population, both demographics are about equal on death row. As of mm. April 2022 stats, we have black people make up about 41% of death row, white people make up 42%, meaning um, black people are still being disproportionately convicted and sentenced to death. So that's just mm-hmm. worth noting. I mean, again, I don't think any of us are very shocked by that information, but nope. it's good info to keep in your back pocket. Uh, Anyway, that all said, in this post-Furman period, death penalty sentencing is supposed to meet really rigid standards of discernment and equality. And as of April 1st, 2022, uh, of the 2,414 people on death row in the United States, only 50 were or are women. And Krista Pike is one of them. Interesting. Wow. So that's 50 out of about 2,400. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now we get into the story that put her there. 
We're going to jump to a different character here. Uh, her name is Colleen Slemmer, and she was born September 20th, 1975 in Pennsylvania. When her parents divorced, she moved with her mom to Florida, where her mom remarried. She was a deeply compassionate and empathetic girl. Um, from a young age, her mom remembers her as an awesome, giving person. She struggled with a learning disability, so she always looked out for other disabled kids and, um, you know, kind of protected them. And it's something people admired about her and remember her for. Uh, she was just always very inclusive, wanted other people's needs to be met. But mm -hmm. uh, her own needs were unfortunately ignored, and she ended up having to drop out of high school because she couldn't keep up. Her grades slipped pretty desperately. And so to keep up, she started working various minimum wage jobs, like mostly fast food, uh, to get by. But she didn't know what to do next. She just knew she had to do something. Like she wanted to get out of the minimum wage cycle. So she heard about the Job Corps. Now, the Job Corps is a government program, and this is from the Department of Labor's website. It's a government program which helps eligible young people ages 16 through 24 complete their high school education, trains them for meaningful careers, and assists them with obtaining employment. So basically, Colleen could get her GED this way and learn a trade or professional skill and finally, you know, escape this minimum wage cycle she was in and carve out a more comfortable life for herself. So... She jumped on this opportunity and she enlisted for the Tennessee Job Corps because she wanted to pursue training in computer science. Hmm. And unfortunately, the Florida Job Corps didn't have computer science, so she would have to move to Knoxville to participate in this program. Okay. So in September of 1994, she moved to Knoxville for her new start. Her mom and stepdad had a hard time saying goodbye, but they knew, you know, this was the right thing for her. She was pursuing a new career path. Um, it was all very exciting. But once she got to Knoxville and started the program, she pretty quickly realized um, things were not what they were, not all they were cracked up to be. Okay. The campus itself was in really bad shape. The other students had little respect for each other's space. People had gone through her stuff and taken things. Um, there wasn't much supervision or guidance. And keep in mind, at this point, she's about um, 18 so or 19. So she's still very young. And a lot of these kids are, um, you know, still, still very young in their formative yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. So there was no reliable structure to the program, and she struggled with that. Um, and she also, for whatever reason, pretty immediately had to deal with several very alarming bullies. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. So one of the bullies came into her room one night and stood over Colleen's bed with a box cutter. And <gasps> oh, that's not a bully. Her. That's a fucking, that's a, that's a scary person. That's a that's that's a, that's a criminal. That's a, that's assault. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's not a bully. That's, that's that's truly a threat to your life. Well, that person was Krista Pike. Oh mm. shit! Yeah. So of course now we have this horrible. Uh, this is just a horrible story. Everybody, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to put it. It's just horrible. Uh, Krista Pike's childhood was a nightmare. This is where we see that classic cycle of abuse um she was born in west virginia march 10th 1976 uh her parents were split up so she lived with her maternal grandmother who was uh, abusive was alcohol was an alcoholic beat krista up uh locked her in a closet just really jesus uh, physically and emotionally abused her mm. eventually krista ended up in the permanent care of her paternal grandmother whom she loved dearly and was very close to 
Uh, she was drinking and doing drugs by age 11. That's how quickly uh, things kind of spiraled out of control. And when Krista was 12, her paternal grandmother died very unexpectedly. And she mm. took it extremely hard. Um, this was like the only person who had ever been really nice to her cared and cared. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And had been nice to her. And so she attempted suicide by overdosing. Again, she was 12. Like Jesus. Wow. Yeah. She was just. From the start, having it rough. Having a really, really difficult time. Her attempt failed, and she ended up in a joint custody situation between her parents, who bounced her back and forth between their homes with, like, no stability, no structure. Uh, her mom was very neglectful, and she later openly admitted to neglecting Krista and even sometimes doing drugs with her daughter in an attempt to bond. Mm. And, like, By, that's terrible, but also there are so many people out there who have that exact same story. I feel like I've yes. heard it so many times. Like, oh, well, that's how we bonded. That's how we got together. Yes. Like, yes. What? How, did, how does that happen? But I know. it's shockingly it's, common. It's sort of a story where the mom just wasn't ready to be the mom, you know? Mm -hmm. And and she even said, like, she just wanted to be young. She wanted to be, she wanted to keep being young. And now she had this child she didn't want and just treated her as uh, a nuisance until she was old enough to be a quote-unquote friend and hmm. you know do drugs with i mean it's it's very it's it's horribly sad um and by age 14 krista had a live-in boyfriend that just lived at her mom's house with her but one day he beat her so badly with a belt uh that she tried to fight him off with a knife so the police showed up and arrested him uh, but Krista never filed any charges and just continued living this way um, without structure, with no hygienic control whatsoever. Uh, her mom had even noticed that by age nine, Krista struggled with issues that required serious professional intervention. But of course, that was never addressed. And that was uh, at nine. That was at before nine. Exactly. She, so she so said she had struggled with what? What was it? So her mom had noticed that by nine, Krista struggled with issues that required serious professional intervention. Yeah. Um, and, and then she started drinking and doing drugs. It was then... that was even before. Exactly. Oof. And some of the examples of um, things she was doing by nine were lying, stealing. Uh, she broke every rule and crossed every line. And the thing is, like, yes, she was misbehaving, quote unquote, but like as a direct reaction to abuse and neglect, you know, like right. she's nine years old. Like you can't expect her to be following the rules if you're treating her mm. like garbage. It's, yeah. it's just horrible. Uh, her aunt noted that Krista had become a pathological liar who was growing pot in her mom's house, was pushing boundaries, had boyfriends over. Then again, her mom was also having boyfriends over and doing drugs with her. So it's like, well, that seemed like that was part of the <laughs> living arrangements. Uh, she, her aunt even remembers being afraid of Krista, even at a young age. Mm. Um, again, like you said, even at age nine, they were noticing these, uh, patterns, these behaviors that needed intervention and not one person intervened. So she continued to live a life of neglect, instability, and abuse. Um, she had been kicked out of her dad's house once before, but then ended up back with him and one day in 1989, uh, while she was at her dad's house, horribly, her father claimed he caught Krista sexually abusing his own daughter, what? Uh, who was her half-sister, age two. Ooh. And Krista was 13. And so, you know, in some cases, uh, traumatized children might reenact their abuse um, 
and unintentionally traumatize even younger victims by kind of playing out what has happened to them. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. one of the many reasons why professional intervention is crucial for kids who are in this position, um, especially victims of abuse. So Krista had already attempted to take her own life and was clearly a danger to herself. This is after her grandmother had passed. And now she was a danger to other children. But instead of once again getting Krista the help she needed, her dad just kicked her out of the house one more time for good. And um, age 13, very tragic. tragic. It's like so many, I mean, treating, treated like just throw away garbage and it's terrible. Um, Which I do, I do. It's such a tricky situation. Cause exactly. Like it, That's what the horrible part is like such a cycle, you know, cause it doesn't excuse mm. anything later. Right. But, and it doesn't excuse sexually abusing a child. It just kind of starts to explain it. Yeah, it's and like so you got, feel oof. bad for them, but it's like also, Oh God, it's so hard to find that. I don't even know. know. Like there's, it's one of those situations where no matter what, like there's not a right answer. Like, exactly. Exactly. Ugh. It's, it's not clear cut. There's no right answer. It's just sad. It's just really sad. And um, I hope, you know, people keep moving toward the the path of, like, getting help and, like, noticing mm-hmm. these things and saying something. And um, I, I hope that's where we continue because stuff like this breaks my heart. So her dad kicked her out of the house for good at age 13. And as she got older, like Colleen, um, understandably, Krista struggled in school. So she eventually ended up in the Knoxville Job Corps to finish her education and get a handle on life. So she enrolled in the same computer course when she was 18. And she met her 17-year-old boyfriend, Tadaryl Ship, and their mutual friend, Shadola Peterson, uh, in this program. So Tadaryl was interested in the occult uh, and specifically, quote-unquote, Satanism. And I put air Hmm. quotes around that because his interest in Satanism was not, like, the real tenets of Satanism that, uh, you know... It's not those, like, 11 core rules or... Yes, it's not, like... he's making up his own version or something? It's sort of like he just, I think, liked the idea of, like, Satan, you know, worship and all that. And and so the darker side of the occult, he was very into that. He was into the aesthetic, but not the actual values. Yeah, it's it's almost like it gave him a cool edge or something, like... Gotcha, okay. Just a dark edge, if that makes sense. Which, like, by the way, we've talked about this before, but, like... At least like eight of those eleven tenets of Satanism make me think I'm a Satanist. So I know like, every time like, I read them, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not even hard to like, like, for him to be like into Satanism, but not into did like the core tenets. Those, did we read those on rituals? That wasn't on this show, right? If if we wherever we read it, it was a long time ago. Yeah, because I feel like we went through it. Um, I think it was maybe on rituals. So we I don't know if we've talked about it on here. But yeah, in case you're wondering, um, the fundamental tenets of Satanism are not like worship Satan. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, they're that's like, not what it's they're about. They're like, don't harm children. Don't harm do- animals. Don't exactly. be, be nice to everybody. And like, so when you say he's like, he wasn't truly following the core values, like it wouldn't even be that hard to follow the values. Like they're, they're all I think probably... Pretty- Back in the eighties, people weren't like, sure, <laughs> you know, sure, following, following. I you weren't you just the... googling the eleven rules to make sure no. you were down. Yeah, exactly. And I think like when we were seventeen, if someone said I'm a Satanist, like we would not have been like, oh, so you have compassion for all living creatures? We would have been like, right, <laughs> oh, you worship Satan? Got it. You know, I think um, yeah, that's the, true. It has a different 
meaning. Um, so he was into like satanic teenager. panic versus Satanism. Yeah, sure. He was in. He yes, he was into the um, what satanic panic was trying to shut down. I guess. Uh-huh. Okay, got it. Um, and this was the height of satanic panic. Speaking of which, uh, so people ran with it either way. Um, he was also black, so regardless of the crime that he does commit uh you know later on in the story the media was ready to jump on the fact that he was a satanist he was Mm -hmm. a young black boy age 17 um the satanism only gave them more material basically sure sure um so as soon as colleen arrived in knoxville krista began harassing colleen and began stalking her for unknown reasons krista uh became convinced that colleen was out to steal her boyfriend to daryl Mm. And she became obsessed with Colleen, like despised her, hated her guts. And Colleen just couldn't understand it. She had no interest in him. She said to other students, her friends, even her mom, like, I don't want her boyfriend. I have no interest in him. Like, I don't know what her deal is with me. Huh. Okay. So Colleen approached the program counselor once for help, but he basically dismissed her. And so she was on her own at that point. Uh, She called her mom and said, hey, Ma, I want to come home. But her mom said, hey, you know what? We made a six-month commitment. Why don't you stick out the six months and then we'll talk? And unfortunately, her mom didn't realize how extreme the situation was. Mm. So Colleen spent her Christmas break in Pennsylvania with her dad, and she seemed to kind of cheer up and feel like, okay, I'm optimistic about returning to the program. Um, You know, I'll be able to handle Krista. She she got back in kind of a, a better mood, a better place. But then Krista surprised her by approaching her and saying, you know what? Forget it. Let's put all that behind us. I want to mend our bridges. I want to make peace with you. And Colleen was like, thank God. Okay, (laughs) finally. It's about time. So Krista's bullying or, you know, further than bullying uh, had been just like so hard on Colleen, obviously. Very distracting. Like how was she supposed to be (laughs) studying like feeling fulfilled, feeling safe. Um, And so she was super relieved. So Krista said, I know, let's go smoke some weed together and rent a movie. And Colleen was like, great, I'm in. (sighs) I already know this is bad. I already know it's bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, this this person ends up on death row. So exactly. I can't imagine this. And she's a woman, which I'm sure was. Makes it harder. I, it definitely makes it harder for I think people to say, yeah, you deserve to be on death mm-hmm. row. So mm-hmm. th- whatever's about to happen is about to be so fucking brutal. It's and bad. I okay. I'm glad you know. I think I didn't really think it through. Like I just let it the information come to me. And I'm as just I was always prepared because I never know how to keep things. Like some things obviously are not. Um, there shouldn't be uh, making lighthearted, making levity of it. But there, sure. every now and then, when you're telling your stories, I'm I'm always looking for a place to like try to bring some lighthearted stuff sure, back sure. back into the content to make it and like I, conversational. Yeah, and I'm just preparing that like I've got nothing, I have nothing in the it's, arsenal. It's about to be really bad. It's really bad. Um, it's really bad. So January twelfth, nineteen ninety five. Um, Colleen called her mom. Seemed to be in high spirits. Things were looking up. Uh, she didn't know that just the day before, Krista had told another student named kim that she was planning to kill colleen because quote i just feel mean today (gasps) wow so she really just fully had the intention it wasn't even like she had i don't even know if an episode is the right thing to say but like it's not like this 
It wasn't as spur of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it was, was fully thought out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I feel like being mean. Yeah. What? That's fucking crazy. Like that's it's crazy. Like again, uh, again, like this Colleen hadn't even done anything. Like hadn't made a move on the boyfriend. Like there was just something about Colleen that Krista despised and just Do like you, I think it was probably that Colleen sounds pretty darn perfect and loved and like, like that's put everything together maybe and has yeah it just has, sounds like everything her... that this girl never got or never yeah, I mean, was able to have at the risk of being armchair psychologist yeah like she has parents that she's visiting and calling her mom every day and yeah, yeah that might be part of it for sure so um Krista had told Kim, you know, I'm, I just feel mean today. I'm going to kill, uh, I'm going to kill Colleen. But Kim was like, you know, she said shit like that all the time. She was a bully. Like I just thought she was just saying that to be dramatic. Um, so Kim didn't really take it that seriously. But the next night, January 12th, around 8 PM, Kim saw Colleen leaving the campus with Krista to and their mutual friend Shadola. So Kim saw the group return at 10 without Colleen and Mm. she still dismissed it thinking like no there's no way moreover all four students had signed out of the program's logbook but Colleen had never signed back in so Mm. at 11 p.m. Krista came to Kim's room and told her she just killed Colleen if I were Kim I'd be like how on earth do I get out of this room now without also being killed as a witness or like yeah like, what are you supposed to say? Cool. Like, Love high that five. for you, yeah. girl. Like, dial, hitting a silent panic button under my desk. Like, what like, am I, I supposed to do? I can't imagine the instant paranoia. You haven't even done anything wrong. All of a sudden, you just heard information, and now you could like, be a threat to I someone. How do I unhear that? Yeah. You yeah. Could be a, they could consider you a threat, and they've clearly already been able to murder somebody. I was so going like, to say, especially when they've proven that they don't have any qualms, if they're just feeling like it, you know? Like, did she, was, do we ever find out if... Krista was hoping for recognition on that. Like, what did she want? Okay, well, (laughs) I'll tell you what she says and stuff, and you can tell me if you can get to the bottom of it, because I still can't totally wrap my head around it. I think anybody who's not, you know, been able to just kill someone on a whim uh, (laughs) probably can't really understand what was going through her head. Okay, fair enough. Um, But it gets worse for Kim, who's in this silent panic moment because uh colleen or krista says oh i just killed colleen and then pulls something out of her pocket and she says oh this is a piece of colleen's skull i kept it as a prize (gasps) wow wow kim was like i don't know i think kim just didn't really believe her like thought she was trying to like get a reaction or like it just seemed so outrageous like oh you have a piece of bone and that just happens to be i mean it sounds like something i mean i can't can't imagine meeting i can't imagine someone i know no matter how mean they are actually murdering somebody and then being so bold as to brag about it and then show me evidence of come to my room and show me like a piece of bone from that night if in my mind, if one of my friends is secretly a murderer, they at least are super secretive about it. Mm-hmm. Like they at least know not to say a goddamn thing. Yeah. So she said, uh, not only did Colleen say a goddamn thing, but she was smiling, singing, and even dancing around the room, like recounting what she had done. And so it was, we don't know if it was like disbelief or just like shock, or maybe like you said, a fear of being next. Uh, if yeah. she told on, uh, on Krista, but Kim didn't report this to anyone. So in the, that night at least. So in the morning, 
she asked Krista, hey, what do you plan to do with that skull fragment? And Krista said, uh, she smiled and she said, I'm taking it to breakfast in my pocket. Ew. <sighs> yeah, it's so twisted. So later that same day, Krista told yet another student, Stephanie Wilson, what she had done. And she pointed at her shoes, at the brown bloodstains on her shoes as proof that she had actually done it. And Stephanie, like Colleen, said nothing to anyone because we don't know. Maybe she was scared. Maybe she didn't believe her. We don't know. But the next morning, January 13th, a University of Tennessee employee spotted what they thought was unfortunately a mutilated animal near the campus greenhouse oh my god yeah um so a little after 8 a.m police responded to the scene and unfortunately discovered colleen's body uh she was naked from the waist up she had suffered extreme head trauma had been cut multiple times by a sharp blade and there was a pentagram carved into her chest with a knife <gasps> oh my god <sighs> yeah um her body this is really fucked up okay this is really brutal and gruesome and i i beg of you if you have kids in the car please don't don't listen to this um her body had been so badly mutilated that it was difficult for officers to even understand like what they were looking at because <gasps> they thought it was her face but it was actually she was lying face down and the back of her head had been beaten so badly that they couldn't tell like what they were looking at oh my god and the crime scene itself encompassed 6,000 square feet. Like, that's how much space they had to rope <gasps> off to to find evidence. Holy because shit. 6,000 square feet. There were hand and knee prints in the mud, different pools of blood throughout the area. Colleen's clothes had been scattered around. There were broken bushes, footprints all over the place. Like, just signs of an intense, drawn-out struggle. And during Colleen's autopsy, she had so many wounds that the medical examiner decided to only catalog the most severe because he just couldn't individually record all of them. Oh, my God. The examiner identified Colleen using dental records, and she ruled blunt force trauma to the head was the cause of death. The murder weapon was a piece of asphalt, which had left residue in and around the wound on her head. And so I'll tell you now how they caught Krista. And uh, I think you can guess she wasn't very subtle because police pretty much immediately began suspecting her due to her odd behavior around the crime scene. Oh, was of she course. like real fucking giddy about it? And, uh, like... That's M. That's literally the word they used. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's literally in the bullet I'm about to read. So she showed up and stood by the crime scene tape during the investigation and kept asking if they had any suspects. And she seemed strangely giddy about the whole thing. So mm -hmm. you nailed it. One investigator noted the pentagram necklace she was wearing. And when he found out about the pentagram in uh, that had been engraved into Colleen's chest, he reported Krista's odd behavior. And uh, they found the skull fragment in her jacket pocket just yep. right there, standing there. And all the blood stains on her shoes. That yeah, she's... exactly. Like, like she just walked right up into it. Even such obvious things like like there there is I already am very aware this person is not mentally all sure. there, I don't think. But like like you would think if you're going to kill someone, you would think I, I don't know, like what's the sane answer I, to I this? I know it's it's hard because there's like <laughs> not really logic here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, trying to follow logic, which I guess makes is this is not a space for logic, but if you were to kill somebody, you would then want to make sure nobody found out. And like the obvious things, I mean, if you've watched a single crime show or anything or just have common sense, hide 
evidence don't show it off to everybody and dance about it i think you nailed it earlier it's like clearly she wanted people to know she did it like she's telling people i really i mean it's almost like a game as you said at the risk of being armchair psychologists or whatever it just feels like she didn't think that she was good enough or on the same level as this girl and now she's better than her because she took her out yeah took her out yeah like eliminated her i mean that must be what it is and like she clearly had no qualms about telling people what she did and showing off i mean she was bragging Mm. so of course they find the skull in her jacket pocket it matches the body um and so knowing she had no way out at this point she waived her miranda rights and confessed to the killing right away Mm. However, she did try to paint herself in a sympathetic light. Uh, she told investigators that Colleen was stalking and harassing her okay. because Colleen was after her boyfriend. So she started accusing Colleen of her own tactics. She said one night she awoke to see Colleen looming over her bed with a box cutter, which, again, is something Krista had done to her. So <sighs> she said she felt afraid and she planned to fight Colleen just to scare her off and to get her to stop running her mouth. But as Krista described the details of the killing, it became pretty clear to investigators that she was deeply disturbed and Colleen was innocent in all this and was not, you know, harassing Krista. It was all the other way around. So Krista, again, seemed gleeful when she recounted the crime. Um, She described torturing Colleen for 45 minutes. Uh, she said she repeatedly attacked her with a box cutter oh and a God. mini meat cleaver. And then she let Colleen stand up and try to escape before she attacked her again. Oh, my God. That's like that's Sick. truly I mean, it's all. Gut churning, but there's something particularly sinister. It's the same thing from that last story where the, the woman got stabbed <gasps> like 27 I times. The same thing. And then and, the car. And ta- yeah. Oh, like, and he came back or whatever oh there's something about knowing that someone's on the brink of death and letting them try to escape knowing that you're not going to let them it's escape like a, it's like a wounded animal like it's just a horrible horrible thing like watching the the torture watch it's 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 like it's, twisted on another level it's like psychologically sinister yeah it's evil so, it's truly evil it's, it is evil it is absolutely evil um, she said Colleen begged to be let go. And again, when she's recounting this, she's just having like a grand old time telling the story. Ugh. She said, uh, Colleen said she would pack up her things and move back to Florida. She would never talk to her again. She would never tell anyone what Krista or the others did. And Krista recalled, and I said, shut up. I don't want to hear you talking to me. You know, it's harder to hurt somebody when they're talking to you. Oh, ew. Mm. What? That's what she told police. Oh my God. Krista said to Daryl and Shadola threw rocks at Colleen to knock her back down whenever she tried to get up. And at some points they even held her down so that Krista (gasps) could hurt her. Uh, Witnesses to her confession slash testimony said Krista had a disturbing childlike amusement about her when she recalled the gruesome details. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it it led some to understandably consider Krista for an insanity plea, but a psychiatrist who examined her testified that Krista was self-aware, extremely intelligent, and she had perfectly normal, even above average reasoning, logic, and decision-making skills. Mm. So this wasn't about, like, you know, she she knew what she was doing, is what, they, is what the psychiatrist said. Sure. 
She was capable of analyzing risks and understanding consequences, um, and there was no reason to believe she was mentally incapable of comprehending her shocking crime. That is uh, according to the psychiatrist who uh, took a look at her. Mm. The media, however, found out Krista smoked marijuana. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, she's out. Yeah. Well, we should have seen that coming. Yeah. Like, well, that's out. what they're going to focus on, not the murder. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They said since she smoked marijuana and, get this, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So the media took both of those and ran with it. Not that either of those things, as we know, makes somebody a murderer. Not even. Not not even together. Like, there's no... <laughs> right, re- yeah. Not even together. There's no reasoning why that would be, like, relevant. But, of course, they, you know... They heard drugs of... and big, bad mental illness is yes, what they heard. Yes, exactly. And then they heard that the boyfriend was black and loved Satan. And, you know, you can just imagine how the newspapers ran with this. Um, of course, as we all know... Logically, scientifically, nothing about weed or BPD makes someone a murderer. So that was just like or dating a a black man who's yeah, also or a that. Satanist. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Jesus. So the psychiatrist acknowledged that it seemed like Krista premeditated the attack, which is exactly what you had said because she basically told people she was going to do it and then made up a plan to lure Colleen into the woods. And the fact that she brought accomplices was also part of it. Like she didn't just snap and act on impulse. Um, she planned this all along and she very much intentionally made this decision. So after only two and a half hours of deliberation, the jury found Krista Pike guilty of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit first degree murder. And she was sentenced to death by electrocution. Oh, mm-hmm. well, wow. Yep. I mean, you call it It's pretty fucked up. To get you to death row. Electrocution. Do do we know anything about... Do they still use electrocution? I believe so. Yeah, I believe... Um, I believe so. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Apparently, as of 2022, this is according to Wikipedia, the only places that still reserve the electric chair as an option for execution are the U.S. states of Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Tennessee, which is where she is. Hmm. Okay. Um, well. So, wow. 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 Um, so, oh, God, sorry. Some states still authorize gas Firing chamber. Squad. Oh, firing squad just came back for someone. And hanging. Oh, what the fuck? The fact okay. that there's, like, a menu and you can just, like, fucking I mean, seriously, I mean, like, hello, does nobody see how barbaric that is? Anyway. So Tadaryl was only 17 at the time, so he could not face a death penalty in Tennessee. Instead, he was sentenced to life in prison for his involvement in the murder. Shadola, however, became an informant in exchange for a plea deal during the investigation, and she received a shockingly light sentence uh, considering all of this. She uh, was sentenced to six years of probation with no prison time. So mm. she kind of got off pretty pretty easy. Um, in cr- In prison, rather than kind of look back and regret her behavior krista's behavior only deteriorated she wrote a letter to to daryl during his trial which was intercepted and i'm going to read this letter to you oh okay please write me i miss you so much you see what i get for trying to be nice to the hoe i went ahead and bashed her brains out so she'd die quickly instead of letting her bleed to death and suffer more and they fucking fry me ain't that some shit please write me and tell me what you're feeling also, tell your lawyer if he wants me to testify for you, I will. Love you for the rest of my life. 
and then she signed it Lil Devil. So, <gasps> wow. So cutesy. Uh, speechless. Like, clearly just no, doesn't give a shit, you know? Like, also, like, I did her a favor. Yeah. What? Like, look and how also, empathetic I am. And also, no, you didn't. Because, like, even if you were taking her out per her request, like, yeah. you still made her suffer and watched her get up and try to leave. Like, you didn't do anything quickly. It, exactly. Was, it was like, oh, prolonged torture. Like, that, and there's you nothing wanted, quick about it. You wanted to kill her. You said you wanted to be mean about it. You didn't like her to begin with. I mean, you actively wanted her to hurt and suffer. Mm-hmm. Like, so. And you made sure she <sighs> did. I. It's revolting. Yep, it is. It is revolting. Uh, in prison, she attacked another inmate and tried to strangle her to death with a shoelace, so she ended up being convicted of attempted murder during her stay in prison. On the phone, she said to her mom, See, now I know the difference between premeditated murder and what happened with Colleen. Because, see, I premeditated the hell out of this. Sure did. If I'd have had 30 more seconds, we'd have a little chalk line out there in our rec pen, and that bitch would be gone somewhere. Oh! <gasps> Yeah. So it's fully admitting that it was premeditated. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So one psychiatric professional believes that if Krista had gotten away with her first killing, she might have easily become a serial killer. But other th- others think she is too disorganized and obvious to get away with multiple attacks, which makes sense. I mean, she was bragging about it the day it happened. Like, I don't yeah. think she would get very far. But I think given the opportunity, she probably would kill more people. I mean, she tried. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, the second that... The the way that I assume it would work is if your main target is now out, you just find another target. Yeah, get... it seems like, she, I mean, she it wasn't like one and done, you know, she clearly was. She still... would find someone else to be threatened by. Exactly. Or would remind her of that person or something. Yep, yep. In 2007, Krista's defense team requested a new trial, alleging she was newly diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which had not been considered in her original trial. But again, like having bipolar disorder does not make you a murderer so it wasn't like oh see that we need to reconsider you know i understand that her defense was trying to like get a new trial but uh you know having bipolar doesn't (laughs) also doesn't make you a killer right Um, and so that request was denied in 2012 krista hatched an escape plan and she wanted to escape from prison so she involved a man on the outside who had often visited her and a 23-year-old prison guard, and they were caught, and the two men were charged with criminal offenses for trying to help her escape. Mm. In 2015, her legal team requested another hearing to reveal that Krista was possibly pregnant during the time of the killing, but the court ruled that pregnancy would have had no effect on her actions that night. What are they going to say? Hormonal? Like, please. They're really just throwing anything they can at the wall. Yeah. And so, you know, that didn't work either. So in the meantime, Colleen's mother filed to attain her daughter's skull fragment that Krista had put in her pocket and taken Mm. from the scene. And uh, she wanted to be able to bury it to put her daughter finally, you know, fully at rest. But the court refuses to hand it over because it's crucial evidence, quote unquote, in Krista's ongoing case and appeals. Ongoing? I I argue, like, what's what do you need that for? Yeah. She literally... We know everyone. Know, she did it. She said she did it. Like we don't need a just what ongoing. That's such bullshit. It it's, is bullshit. I feel like if Homegirl is on death row, you've made a pretty you've made serious a serious opinion. You've made a pretty serious decision, and the jury has made a pretty serious understanding of how it yeah. all went down. What's this open case thing? That's the thing. I think the reason for it is that because she's on death row, it's like constantly 
being assessed. Reevaluated. Yeah, okay. reevaluated. And I think that's why they refuse to like. Well, that's fair because there are a lot of people wrongly on death exactly, row and their and I cases think, should be open. I think that's the reason. But also, like, do you really need that skull fragment for that? Like, I mean, I understand. <laughs> There's probably so much red tape. Like, I can't even begin to imagine. I know they can't just be like, here you go, you know, but yeah. it's just infuriating because she really just wants to put her daughter to rest and it's like mm-hmm. ugh, it's just so dark so in june 2021 pretty recently krista's defense team asked the tennessee supreme court to reconsider the sentencing once again on the grounds that the prosecution failed to acknowledge krista's mental illness and childhood ptsd in a statement her attorney said she recognizes her childhood trauma and mental illness do not excuse her actions as an 18-year-old girl, but she asks that her sentence be commuted to life imprisonment, a commutation that reflects the punishment imposed on other young people who, like Krista, committed crimes while they lacked the maturity and reasoning of adults. Uh, and that same week, Colleen's mother spoke out, uh, requesting Krista's execution date be set, finally, so that she could just put this whole thing behind her. She said her heart breaks again and again as she continues to relive her daughter's harrowing death, and she just Mm. wants this to be over so she can bury the rest of Colleen. Tennessee has not executed a woman in nearly 200 years, and like we kind of alluded to, Krista's date hearing continues to be postponed, Mm -hmm. um, and so it's possible it might never even happen, and these things move so slowly sometimes. While Tadaryl and Krista remain in jail, they get letters and do interviews, and Colleen's mother understandably resents the attention they seem to get for murdering her daughter and really all she wants is to be able to bury the rest of colleen before she dies before she grows old and dies Mm -hmm. and she wants people to remember colleen and the justice she deserves and essentially she doesn't care if they execute krista or not she said execute her or give her life and give me the rest of colleen back so i can live Mm. so just just wants it to be over and uh, that is the horrible story of Krista Pike. Sorry, I didn't get you anything nice for our sixth anniversary or whatever. I just, just maybe told, just cover my just, therapy bill. Jeez. Yeah, I was gonna say I made you just feel shitty, so you're welcome. I, well, thanks, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a it's a story worth telling. It's an important story. I just it's I what a dark what a dark story. I mean, I just just so it's just really tragic. It's just sad. It's just really tragic all the way around, all the way from day one, from her birth. From Krista's birth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she was, you almost feel like she was doomed from the start. But then, like, yeah. there are, obviously there are people who have lived rough childhoods and don't become murderers. But like, if and you Exactly, just... and break the cycle. And it's like one of those things, and I know back in the day when we started the podcast, we made, we sometimes made offhanded comments like that. Like, we would say oh, well, she was doomed. And then, like, you know, we hear from people saying, like, hey, I saw, you know, I went through something similar as a child and I've really been able to move past it and grow and, like, help other people. And so we were like, you know, that is a really, like, infantile way of looking at it. Like, oh, you're doomed because, you know, obviously there are so many people that escape that kind of neglect and abuse and grow up to be, like, wonderful, loving humans. Um, But it does explain... You know, when something like this does happen, you do see the effects of neglect and abuse just kind of fall together right in front of you. Like, it's just horrible how cyclical it can be. You just really hope that people who are born in those situations are able to, like, rise from the ashes of it all. they shouldn't have to. They shouldn't have to. It's like they're already at a disadvantage by not having just general love in their lives or... 
not being you know, like the the one basic safe. need of yeah of of being cared for and loved yeah it's like they're already starting backwards on such a deficit yeah and it just um it's just a bummer and like you said there's like there's no right answer yeah it's i feel just... bad for you know it's one of those really awful things where it's like you don't want to feel bad for someone who committed such an atrocity i know but also, like, I, I, f- I feel like there's more that could have been done earlier in her life. But then you think about the people that she's hurt in the future because she still made bad choices. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my God, like that, that whole, the family of Colleen, I can't even imagine having to hear yes, exactly. what happened to her. And like, and then having I, people say like, well, you know, she had such a rough childhood and I'm sure for them, it's like, so what? She still killed our daughter. Yeah. Like, I'm sure I mean, at that I think, point, you don't care as the family. I wouldn't as Mm-mm. I mean, I am because I think we're third parties. We're able to kind of see both sides. And mm-hmm. I, that doesn't excuse anything that no. Krista did. You just, you just wish that there were systems in place earlier to help her so that exactly. none of this would have happened. But I can't even imagine being Colleen's family and, and, and finding out about, I, it's really just, it's horrible, horrible. I just think if it happened to someone I loved and I, it's just, really fucked up yeah yep happy 666 i know i guess wow i guess i just did the exact thing that um you always do that i always do that you always yell at me for so you're welcome (laughs) yeah just we i remember we tried to do geoscopes for a while we tried to do something else we really tried to end these on a nicer note scopes geoscopes like now i mean now we do our after chats where we get our bullshit out like afterward for patreon um (laughs) Because otherwise we just sit here for ten more minutes, and we want to spare you unless you unless you want to hear that. In which case, you can go to Patreon. <laughs> but I know most of you are probably like, seriously, stop talking. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out, we'll be on Patreon. But otherwise, happy sixth anniversary, Em. I'm sorry I made you um feel sad today. Well, that's every week, but I do think that <laughs> you know it is important to you know six years in, we really would not be here if it weren't for everybody listening in shocking and to me still coming to our shows wanting to meet us wanting to hear us every week wanting to be involved in our lives and it every time that i've ever run into somebody who said that they love the show i just i hope i hope you know how special that is it, and it, it does yeah it, 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 yep. if it weren't for you we wouldn't be here i can't i mean six years ago you couldn't tell us that this would be our jobs no. or our lives. And I, no, never. I'm just so grateful for all of you. So Aww. thank you so much. I really, you've just changed our lives. So it's true. Happy six years. Yeah. That's, that's such a good way of putting it. And Em's right that anytime somebody does say like, Oh, I love the show. I recognize you or anything like that. It just is like so humbling and wonderful to hear because I feel like, I mean, we've said this before, but it, it feels weird to have an audience you can't see. And like, sometimes, yeah. you know, we just kind of go on and on and it, it means a lot when people are like, Hey, thanks for what you do. You know? Yeah, so it, thank you it, for what you do is what we're trying to say, because we would not be here um, without you. So. Yeah. Uh, especially to those who want to listen to our after chat on Patreon, you can <laughs> yeah. go do that right now. Um, and we'll see you over there. I'm sure we'll talk about something absolutely something unhinged. Talk so. about unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> Last and? week, I think we talked about like, I was just went on like some long uh, storied rant about 
ADHD and mental illness and you had to talk me off a ledge. So, <laughs> you know, if we're in that mood, we'll see. We'll and see. And before that, it was cereal or something. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> we'll see over there. Uh, and that's why we drink. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. 